Hello and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Casey Murray. And I'm Jack Anstein. On today's episode, we'll discuss how Missouri businesses taking part in the Kansas City Startup Accelerator have shifted focus to address ongoing issues during the pandemic. And later, we'll hear from our Valicia Woods, the Kansas City vegan restaurant owner, to discuss the business of being vegan. Plus, we'll have the week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. Casey, do you have any exciting plans coming up? I actually do. My little sisters are getting ready to visit me in Columbia. That's exciting. What are you going to do with them? Um, It is pretty exciting. It feels like it's been forever, but I'm just going to take them around to some of my favorite spots. Um, There's a garden center I like here and some of our local businesses, but what about you? Well, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Columbia has a lot of charm, and it's one of my favorite parts of going to Mizzou, but um, for me coming up, my sister will be visiting me here in the Kansas City area from Atlanta. Wow, Atlanta's so far. I know, and it's been almost a year since I've seen her, so I'm really excited for it. Yeah, that's great, but let's go ahead and get started on the headlines. Our first headline of the day is that Victor Wong, who formerly served as Vice President for Entrepreneurship at the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation in Kansas City, is now starting an advocacy group to level the playing field for early-stage entrepreneurs. Wong said he wants to help foster entrepreneurship in all communities, and he recently started a video series featuring founders and elected officials who help local entrepreneurial ecosystems. The group will also advocate for legislation and policies to help entrepreneurs in the early stages of founding their businesses. Inventor, a St. Louis-based technology startup, has recently wrapped up its participation in the third cohort of the XX Accelerator program and walked away with cash. The theme for this cohort was Fight the Virus, and it consisted of 15 startups total. This past week, the participating companies had their demo day, where each sought funding through crowdsourcing campaigns. Inventor has developed technology to automate the patent process for early-stage technology companies. The startup has already raised over $14,000 in its participation in the virtual demo day. St. Louis's Economic Development Department pledged this week to reorganize its efforts following the release of a new development framework. The plan points out goals for the city and places it can improve to promote economic success. The framework was produced by Boston planning firm Mass Economics and pinpointed the development of the black middle class and reducing population loss on the north side of the city at specific areas the city should work on. This means promoting home ownership and promoting the development of entry-level and mid-level jobs. The city has previously focused on advancing high-tech sectors, but the framework notes that the benefits of those kinds of jobs won't spread throughout the city, as they require high-level degrees. New federal regulatory oversight could bring a long-sought transportation project closer to happening. Missouri has been vying to become the first home of the Hyperloop, a high-speed transportation system. But plans for the project, led by the Virgin Group, couldn't move forward without federal oversight for the transportation technology. That oversight has now been determined, which Missouri officials hope will bring the project back in motion. Virgin will set up a 12 to 15 mile test track and research center in one location in order to develop technology that could make it possible to travel up to 640 miles per hour. 
Advocates for the project envision a track that can make it possible to travel between St. Louis and Kansas City in under 30 minutes. Casey, over the course of the summer, we've talked about a lot of businesses that have adapted to the COVID-19 pandemic. Absolutely. We've seen how so many different industries have been affected. While almost all industries have made adjustments over the past several months, there are some Missouri businesses that have shifted their focus to try and offer solutions to problems caused by the coronavirus. Yeah, and I know you attended a virtual event featuring a lot of those businesses recently. Yeah, Black & Beach, an engineering firm based in Overland Park, Kansas, partnered with 18 businesses as part of its IgniteX COVID-19 Response Accelerator. Many of these businesses took part in a virtual showcase last week where they got to highlight how they are responding to the pandemic. Seven of the companies involved are from Missouri. What are some ways these businesses have adapted to the coronavirus? Well, I spoke with representatives from two businesses that are part of the accelerator. Columbia-based Wingo, which is focused on the use of smart UV lighting, and Drexel-based InnovaPrep, which works with pathogen detection devices to learn more. Let's take a listen. Across Missouri, businesses have responded to the COVID-19 pandemic in a variety of ways. Columbia-based WinGo is a research and development company focused on smart materials, sensors, and communication. Since the pandemic, WinGo has refocused its technology to work towards mitigating COVID-19, according to David Stumpf, the company's vice president of research and development. So the pandemic has absolutely caused a refocus of uh, the application of technology, the relevance to solutions, and looking at how we can uh, work together with other companies and other technologies that complement ours or vice versa to have an immediate impact or short-term impact to what's going on with COVID-19 and also society. The technology that Wingo previously pursued for digital signage and the projection of images in businesses like bars and restaurants is now being used for sterilization to fight microorganisms that could be harmful. As soon as March came around and all of a sudden we're on lockdown, the same technologies that were being used for digital signage and projection happen to be applicable to ultraviolet light, which can be used to mitigate COVID-19 or microorganisms. So the same thing that you could say, buy more beer, can actually now be applied to say, how can I help the chemical treatment and provide a better way, or at least an additional way, to uh, prevent uh, buildup of microorganisms. The company has also worked to ensure that ultraviolet light, which can be harmful to people and animals, is used safely. If you walk in and there was a schedule to do sterilization, it would back off of that schedule as you walk into that room. So the technology, we've taken many, many different applications and grouped them together to provide safety and effectiveness. Wingo was accepted in March as part of the Black & Beach COVID-19 Response Accelerator, which aims to scale businesses that help to save lives, assist communities, and protect the economy. Black & Beach, an engineering firm based in the Kansas City area, has committed a minimum of $250,000 to the overall program in the form of grants or other services. Pivoted to this need for COVID response, Black & Beach took the initiative to say, how do we group this together and get companies like Wingo involved in programs that we can actually help 
make the world uh, more effective and responsive. So being involved in this program, which allowed us, we were one of 18 companies that was selected out of 300 applicants. We had no idea that we would be approved. We, we just, we'd said, let's, let's give it a shot. And uh, they embraced us. They have been interacting with us on pretty much a daily basis. Another Missouri business in the Black and Beach Accelerator is Drexel-based InnovaPrep, which makes microbiology tools for rapid sample collection and concentration. CEO Dave Alberti said that during the pandemic, the company has shifted to creating tools that detect pathogens in wastewater. On the wastewater-based epidemiology, we knew people were processing wastewater and looking for things in it, but we didn't realize that you could use it to look for COVID-19 successfully find it using our concentration process and then really help find cases faster so that we could utilize our scarce public resources better to help squash the epidemic. Alberti said that new and emerging technologies will be the key to helping the world navigate the pandemic. You know, these kind of pathogens are present in our food, in our water. They're passed from person to person, people to animals, animals to people. And so this problem is going to be, um, you know, pernicious. But now we've got kind of a secret weapon and we've got science and engineering to help us develop the tools that we can use to, to help fight it, you know, and these are amazing tools that they're fast and they're accurate and with better sample prep that we can provide, they're more powerful. And so I think um, we're going to be in this for the long haul. And we've been in this war with pathogens for millennia, whether we've known it or not, you know, and, and what we've learned is that sure, human terrorists can be bad, but nature is the worst bioterrorist and she's not going anywhere anytime soon, you know. As InnovaPrep works to continue developing tools for pathogen detection, Alberti said its partnership with Black & Beach has opened the door to new opportunities. So we've gotten to actually go to the laboratories at MU and visit with the researchers doing that work and learn how, you know, how the rubber meets the road and really try to get in the nitty gritty and help their process work better. J.D. Birkenholz, a mechanical engineer at InnovaPrep, said that the Black & Beach Accelerator has helped bring people together to respond effectively to the pandemic. Maybe we can help each other be a win-win situation, uh, not just for us as companies and startup companies and struggling companies, but uh, you know, to help people, to, to provide a real solution and to, to, to fight the whole um, this, this virus. For more information on the Black & Beach Ignite X COVID-19 response program, check out my article at MissouriBusinessAlert.com. So, Jack, this week is Black Restaurant Week. Black Restaurant Week. I've heard a little bit about that, but what exactly is it? It's brand new to the Midwest, but the goal is to spotlight Black-owned restaurants across the area. It helped me meet a pair of restaurant owners that are challenging stereotypes. Who are these restaurant owners? India Purnell and Arvalisha Woods are two sisters that run a vegan food truck in Kansas City and will soon also run their own vegan restaurant there. And how are these two breaking stereotypes? Well, in the vegan food industry, there's a pretty pervasive stereotype that veganism is more supported by white people, and even that it's only something that rich white people do. Part of that is because of ideas that veganism is really expensive, so only affluent people can afford it. And also, something I found surprising, there's a strong hold on veganism among white nationalists. Wait, really? Why is that? Apparently, Hitler was a vegetarian, and so many modern-day white supremacists have shifted to veganism based on his philosophy. 
that this idea that veganism is predominantly white is untrue. Dubbed white veganism, this phenomenon has been sometimes seen as harmful because a lot of vegan principles and foods are based in non-white cultures. Okay, so what does veganism look like in the United States? Well, two Gallup polls show a couple of interesting things. A, that veganism is actually much more prevalent among people earning incomes less than $30,000 a year. So the idea that veganism is for rich people is untrue. And B, a much higher percentage of non-white people are trying to cut down on their meat consumption. One Washington Post article cites black people as the largest growing demographic for veganism in the U.S., So the idea that veganism or vegetarianism is for white people is also untrue. I spoke to Woods about how these ideas about eating vegan have impacted her business and what she wishes people knew about vegan food. I'm here today with Arvalisha Woods, who owns Maddie's Vegan Eats with her sister, India Purnell. Arvalisha, welcome. Thank you for having me. Maddie's Vegan Eats is the name of our food trucks, but our... um restaurant that we're about to open is called Maddie's Food. Okay, wow, that's really exciting. Thank you. (laughs) Um, How long have you two owned the food truck? So actually last year, uh, 2019 was our very first year um, in the food truck, but we've been in business since 2018, and we started with our jar queso, and it's called Maddie's Vegan Queso. And why did you and your sister end up going vegan? Well, we... um, we were vegetarian, and um, my husband came to us like, you know what, I think I'm going to go vegan. And I think y'all should do it too because y'all are so close. You already don't eat meat. You just need to give up a few more things and just do it. And we were sitting in that kitchen, and we just said, okay. And why have you stayed vegan? Um, I like how I feel, mainly. That's, that's the biggest thing. I don't have to take any meds. You know, being able to wake up and not have as much pain in my body as I normally would have had. And I just want to make sure that people in my community know that there is another, you have another choice to your food options, even when they're not always presented to you. My grandmother, Maddie, who we named our company after, she was an excellent cook, but she ultimately died of pancreatic cancer. She had diabetes. There were things not available to her. She had to make do with what she had. And so keeping her at the forefront, like, if she just would have had some other options, she could have prolonged her life. Do you feel that people in the Black community don't know about veganism? When I was growing up, I never, I did not know anything about nobody vegan. I didn't know what vegan was. I didn't even know it was a thing. So it really wasn't until about five years ago that it came up on my radar. And so uh, within the black community, it's nothing that they are um, opposed to. They just don't know. And then with the little that they do know, it is so tainted where, oh, it's going to be nasty. Oh, it's going to taste like grass. Or it's going to, you know, food won't have any flavor. I can't do that. It's too hard. It's too expensive. So I do believe they're being more open-minded with companies like Maddie because we have taken the food that they would eat every day and we have veganized it. And a lot of times they don't even know. Like our macaroni and cheese, we have been told tastes better than any macaroni and cheese that they've ever had, even using dairy macaroni and cheese. And so for us to get those comments, we know that a door is being opened in their mind, that they're, they're being challenged to say that, hey, whatever you thought, whatever that perception was brought to you about being vegan or plant-based, it's a lot. 
I think in mainstream culture, there's kind of a perception that veganism is predominantly white. Yeah, it's not. Have you noticed that your customer base is predominantly white or predominantly black? First, it was predominantly white, but we started noticing the shift where we were having a lot more um, ethnic groups come and support, especially African Americans, um, because when one black person says it, they go tell another black person, and so far you know that you got all these people who are just wanting to try, and now they're becoming long-term customers. Do you think that people not knowing what veganism is, is a barrier to the success of your business? Um, yeah. So our food truck is called Maddie's Vegan Eat. And the moment people seen vegan, it just left a sour taste in their mouth because they had already had some type of misconception. They just felt like, mm, that's not for me. I am a meat eater. And so we're taking the name vegan off when we open our restaurant because we want people to come who love food. And whether you're vegan, plant-based, not vegan, you just want to eat something amazing and something that is good for you, that won't kill you, that won't give you diabetes, you know, because we know that when people see it, because they're not educated or they haven't been taught what it is and what it could look like for them, we're taking it away so it won't even, it won't stop them from trying our food. Now let's get to the digits of the week, the numbers that matter most in Missouri entrepreneurship. My digit is 200,000. Why did you choose 200,000? The organization eShip Communities Kansas City has teamed up with the Better Business Bureau to launch a membership program for companies with less than $200,000 in annual sales and fewer than 20 employees. eShip Communities Kansas City works to build more inclusive entrepreneurial ecosystems. Local director Gabe Munoz said one goal of the program is to connect minority communities to networks that will help grow their businesses. The program focuses on a new topic each week, from technology to marketing. The next cohort of the program will launch in September. I chose 1.2 million for this week. And why is that? TechMate, a Kansas City and New York City-based startup, has raised $1.2 million and announced its plans to expand throughout the Midwest. TechMate allows IT departments to offer tech support to remote employees. TechMate first started in New York City, but established an office in Kansas City this spring. Co-founder Nicole Beal said that by using the Midwest as a base, the company will be able to almost double its runway. And with that, we're almost ready to close the show, but we still need our closing thought. Let's listen to Dave Alberti with Innova Prep discuss what advice he would give to other businesses looking to adapt during the pandemic. Think about ways you can help. Uh, everybody helps in their own way, whatever that is. And if we focus all on helping each other instead of what our differences are, that'll go a long ways. That's all we've got this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Jack Anstein and me, Casey Murray. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.